The federal government anticipated that the voice referendum might damage Indigenous people's mental health, so it set aside over $10 million specifically for providing support services and researching the consequences of the vote. The research site is being managed by the National Centre for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Wellbeing Research at ANU. Fiona Cornforth is a Wuthathi woman and the head of that centre. Hi, Fiona. Hi, good morning. And Tanya Hervenen is a Jaru Banuba clinical psychologist and Board Director of the Australian Indigenous Psychologists Association. Hi, Tanya. Good morning. Good morning, Fiona. Good morning, Tanya. Fiona, if I could start with you, your centre was funded to research and understand any concerns Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples have about their mental health and wellbeing in the lead up to the voice uh, referendum. How did you go about doing that research? Uh, in addition to analyses of wellbeing data, via wellbeing cohort studies, the centre's researchers held focus groups with um, 84 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across six locations earlier this year. Uh, and people were able in a safe space to share worries about their mental health and wellbeing. Uh, they also shared ideas about what supports and resources might help. Um, and participants included Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander youth aged 16 years and over, adults and elders as well. And the project wasn't about working out which way people were voting and not about, you know, drawing any conclusions about the referendum outcome, I understand. But what did you learn about the impacts on people regardless? Um, we learned that absolutely people are feeling under a lot of stress and pressure. They, they um, talked about experiencing extra sources of stress in relation to the voice to, parla to Parliament and the referendum and, and that it added to a load that they already carry. Um, the alterations of the Constitution and discussions about that is tied up with their identity and this can have deep and ongoing impacts. Um, so there, there's a lot of the participants were mindful about that. And um, the... Ex experiencing of increased racism um, due to that as well. Uh, unfair and harmful interactions are happening in day-to-day -day life, overhearing racist comments, negative messages in the media. And they also told us they're facing pressure to educate and inform non-Indigenous people about the referendum. So there's a heavy mental load being experienced. Uh, and walking through history as well with people can be triggering and re-traumatising and that's... Um, not acknowledged as, as widely as it should be. Uh, yeah, and, and there's a lot of conflict happening, obviously. And Fiona, you touched on the idea that it adds to the burden that people are already carrying. Could you explain a bit more for our listeners um, what that burden comes from? Yeah, I think it's just um, uh, the history of, of the country and um, uh, how... You know the journey is always incremental. Uh, it's never when it's never urgently addressed. Um, it never has been uh, the inequality that we face, the closing of the gaps, and so uh, you know there's there's um, a frustration generally in community that we have the solutions. We've always known the solutions, but there's little investment or a return of of the adequate resources to implement and execute the things that matter most to our mob. And Fiona, is there also a, a compounding effect, for example, when you talked about the triggering impact of going back through history of people who've suffered intergenerational trauma? 
Yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's front of mind. Um, and uh, you know, we we're trying to have conversations even um, amongst um, you know the centre staff and and our community partners uh, about the the whole you know having, keeping a perspective in the whole journey and all the wins we've had like Marbo and um, but also some of the setbacks and how. Uh, you know, to situate the the referendum and the voice in in the context of the whole journey. Um, sometimes that's helpful for younger mob in particular who may not, you know, have been on the journey in a shorter time, amount of time than others. Uh, but sometimes it's like, uh, are we are we getting anywhere here as a nation? So there's conversation. So yeah, we really have to look after ourselves. Um, that's that's something that's really progressed uh, at this point that I've seen. Uh, you know, I, I started my career as a cadet in ATSIC a long time ago, mm. and uh, you know the focus on our well-being, and you know the centre's work around connecting well-being with um, our strong connection to culture and practice and protocol and custom. You know, it's really really important and it's really good that we have um, information based on evidence and research that uh, our mob can access at these times. This is the kind of research that uh, Fiona Cornforth is, has been doing. She's a Wuthathi woman and the head of the National Centre for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Wellbeing Research at ANU. Some great resource materials on that website too for Indigenous and non-Indigenous people who would like to support uh, others going through this at the moment. We also have on the program today Tanya Hervin, who's a Jara Banuba clinical psychologist and board director of the Australian Indigenous Psychologists Association. Tanya, as a psychologist, what are the impacts you're seeing and hearing about for First Nations people in the lead-up to this referendum? Um, the lead-up has been a bit of a marathon. This has been going on for months um, since the announcement of the referendum and then obviously um, centering and landing on a date. So what, again, I don't have to repeat, um, we're seeing the same things as Fiona mentioned earlier, um, but I will say that the racism that I've seen... Um, you know, people experiencing, people talking about. Um, I've never, like I've been a clinical psychologist um, for more than a decade. I have not seen this level of racism in my whole clinical career. I'm not saying I'm old. I'm not saying I'm young. I'm just saying that this is um, the racism that's being, um, I guess, perpetrated across Australia right now is, is something that I've never experienced before as a clinician um, and, as, and as someone that works in this space. So, I was um, wondering, Tanya, how, how it compared to other times in recent history, for example, Black Lives Matters, when there was a big political discussion about the rights of people of colour. Yeah, good point. Um, yes, yeah, so we worked, well, we worked through Black Lives Matter, but also not only um, forgetting the pandemic, um, the stress that um, that there was, you know, for people like being, you know, stuck in lockdown, not being able to travel, but also, you know, people being unwell, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, um, this, again, I, I will have to say, um, I am only mainly working with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander populations, and that is my space. But it feels, it just feels like it's it's a heavier burden and it's a heavier load than those moments. Um, so that, again, more than the pandemic. And I'm talking as an Aboriginal psychologist here. So, again, um, 
yeah, racism like I've never seen before, but also very sad. Like, it, again, I'm being ab- Aboriginal, so I'm also part of the community and part of the population. So we'll have, we will have our own um, things going on in our own lives, but then we're also working in a, in a health environment, health and wellbeing environment and being of, of service to others. So, again, you know, that self-care that, Fiona, you started to talk about just before, the self-care mm. for for each community person and person in in areas but also as health professionals working in these spaces um really needs to be um you know amplified you really need to look after yourself um because this is not the end like it doesn't all end on the 14th of october either we're you know also equally concerned uh, post-referendum as well Mm. and tanya what does self-care look like in this situation because it's a bit more than lighting a scented candle isn't it Yes, um, great point. It used to be seen as quite individualistic and self-care actually insinuates that it's something that you just do on your own and you, you run around and do a bubble bath and things like that. It's, it's certainly growing and I would have to thank the pandemic for that. Like um, it, it it really prefaced well-being and, and the importance of that, particularly as organisations had to pivot and work differently uh, during that time. So well-being, organisational well-being is really important. But self-care, so going back to self-care, it means that you are supporting yourself, but it could include others like your family, your friends, your community, like-minded people, trusted people, your beautiful pets and things like that. Connections. Um, I really, really want to um, emphasise co- strong connections and feeling connected, a relationality, being with beautiful people. Again, um, being ki- kind and, and, and compassionate. And again, Fiona would talk about this in Buckle Loads as well, about how the, the importance of warmth and care and, and love and compassion is during these really, really um, difficult times. And Fiona, I guess you've been talking to First Nations people about where they want to find that help. What did they tell you? Um, they overwhelmingly called for a trusted hub of information and resources and so I'm really proud of the efforts of um, Tanya and, you know, Tanya's organisation, but also all the Aboriginal psychologists around the country, uh, all the centres that focus on wellbeing. We really did come together to provide this trusted hub of information and resources and we link to each other's toolboxes, um, which is amazing. Uh, and so we we at the centre, we created a resource page to help address what people were asking for, but we did it in a way where we were briefing others on what we were finding, like like the Healing Foundation, where I was the previous CEO, uh, like uh, Nacho, who have the bulk of the funds to support community. You know, our research also told us that people experiencing distress and uh, psychological and otherwise uh, are more likely to want to access an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community-controlled organisation. So that's uh, helpful information. Um, and really, they, uh, you know, they're all together that what we've been able to apply our strengths as uh, peak organisations and different organisations. Uh, we're able to share across the important information about what matter, what keeps mob well um, during these times. And there are all kinds of topics that people can find out about um, dealing with misinformation and disinformation, for example, what racial stress and trauma looks like. So a lot of the work that's there, a lot of the information you can access, um, the feedback we've been getting is that it just validates people and goes, okay, and people can say, okay, it's not just me. Um, I'm not, uh, uh, you know, and it's not just me. I'm 
we're in this together. Uh, I can have safe conversations with people I trust and love and who love me and I can um, reach out for help because there are people waiting to help me in this in this um, time. And you mentioned NACHO, the National Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisations. Are the uh, Aboriginal Community Controlled Health Organisations, Fiona, resourced to the level that, that would make it possible for them to help people who, who want to go to them? Yeah, look, that's a good question. I, um in, in my opinion, they've never been resourced well. <laughs> uh, and so, um, you know, it's really great the Australian government saw that this would be an issue. Um, and being a member of the referendum engagement group as well, it definitely came up early in the piece. Uh, and and so um, when the funding was finally announced and rolled out, um, you know, and, and we didn't wait for that too. So peop- uh, organisations like Gaia Dewey, Proud Spirit Australia, Health Infonet, one three yarn, um, and um, Tanya can speak more about the psycholog- uh, psychologists association as well. You know, we all, um, as I said before, just shared that information and made sure that we, uh, you know, created this movement of of care and love for our mob. Tanya Hervin, and I understand that one uh, thirteen yarn has uh, seen the number of calls go up sharply. I think it's doubled uh, for the, uh, between August twenty first and September seventeen compared to the same time last year. Is that does that tally with what you're hearing from people that there's this uh, there's this distress happening? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you just have to go to the figures of one three yarn. Um, what they expected what they were thinking or expecting when they first established it's it's gone over and beyond the demand and the need um and it's centered around the referendum and the increase in racism what i do like about the work that um fiona you're involved in is that you also have the the link there to call out racism as well um Mm. so then again um if you observe racism or have experienced racism there we are asking people to call it out as well um and the links to the human rights commission so while while we have the beautiful love and the scaffolding and care and supports and and then one through young you know take my hat off to the deadly work that they're doing it's just massive massive achievements um supporting our mob and scaffolding we also need to have systems in place for this not to happen um, to stop the racism happening. So we're actually supporting people after the racism or the experiences or the concerns or the distress is happening beforehand, like just calling just calling it out. And hopefully there will be concerted efforts for, you know, um, organisations and, and to be anti-racist going forward. Mm. Mm. I'll give out a few of those details that you've been mentioning. 13 Yarn, 13 76, and I'll give the number again at the end of the program. That's a dedicated line for First Nations people uh, to get some support and also call it out, the First Nations Racism Register. You can find them online. I'll mention too that 13 Yarn is 24-7, so they're all day and all night if you need someone to chat to. We're speaking today with Fiona Cornforth, who's a Wuthathi woman and the head of the National Centre for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Wellbeing Research at ANU, and Tanya Hervinen, a Jaro Banuba clinical psychologist, board director of the Australian Indigenous Psychologists Association. And it sounds like there's some great collaborations happening between various groups. Tanya, what can non-Indigenous Australians do at this time to help lessen the impact this is having on First Nations people? Uh, good question. Just, um, again, um 
Maybe ask, maybe ask the, the person that you're actually connected to and just see what the support said. Like there is a diversity of experiences out there. And again, if I give, I guess, some examples, um, it might be getting people into trouble or off on the right wrong mark. So I think, um, you know, just talking, connecting, I, I, I think checking in is very, very important. And um, and, and it also, like if you, if you are an ally and you're in this space, um, what what it's not just whatever you're you're particularly voting and, and advocating for it's what you're doing behind the scenes as well like what are you doing behind the scenes not just openly not in public like what are you doing to to support aboriginal and torres strait islander peoples to be where they need to be living the lives that they need to be living or in a in a healthy um in a healthy manner so i think um the discussions the collaborations the the conversations are very, very important. Yes, and I guess we should uh, clarify too that checking in doesn't necessarily involve grilling people about how they're voting, does it? That that could have a, a mm. negative impact. Correct, correct. Um, I think, I think regardless if if you are yes or no, um, I think I said this a, a number of months ago. I'm, I'm I'm here for the well-being and the support of people to have those those conversations and and look. Um, and being able to to talk about things at, at a respectful and um, compassionate um, manner, uh, that goes a long way. And it really, we still really need to dig deep and, and keep going back to being as beautiful as we can with each other, I think, going forward. Uh, we're, you're listening to Life Matters. My name is Hilary Harper. We've got a couple of minutes left and I really want to look at the future here. Fiona Cornforth, um, you're funded until June next year, so there'll be more research into this. Do you feel that, you know, while there's this high rate of distress going on amongst Indigenous communities, uh, for Indigenous people in different different places and different situations, can any good come out of this time when it comes to learning more about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health and wellbeing and improving it? We're just uh, going on from what you and Tanya are both saying. It's, we're, we're leading here um, and, you know, one, one great thing allies can do is just be led <laughs> uh, because mm -hmm. Uh, we we rely on what's always kept us safe and well, and um, there's lessons to be learnt in that. And we've seen it um, in dealing with the pandemic, and we've seen it in fire management and all kinds of different um, uh, examples like that. But um, what what we tried to do with our fact sheets too was um, give tips and hints for the education sector and for organisations. Uh, mainstream organisations and people who employ Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. And the, the big thing is to recognise the burden. And like Tanya said before, it's not going to end on the 14th. And um, there's going to be um, more more discussions about what happened, <laughs> what, what, what happens this weekend um, going forward. Um, and uh, it, it's... Um, such a political football so mm -hmm. we there's no reprieve really we have to turn um our media channels off <laughs> and you know as, as a form of self-care as well but um the burden is is important so if, if people can think about that and all week i'm talking to a number of different um, workplaces about how to create safe spaces for um people uh how to just make allowances so that people aren't um, feeling as close to the edge as 
as they can easily do at this time. Mm. Um, and yeah, uh, that's that's something that we'll all have to do going forward um, for a very long time. Tanya Hervin, and as we look to the future, regardless of the result of the referendum this weekend, what are your hopes for how we can uh, heal and move forward? Just don't forget, we, we've been here for 65,000 years, 65, years or more. We stand on the shoulders of our ancestors and the beautiful people who've come before us. Um, we have um, established ways of knowing how to live beautifully and well with each other under a social emotional wellbeing framework, which is so holistic and so comprehensive. Um, mm. Please stay connected. Please um, connect with land, country, seas, water, mob, um, and and please um, hold each other close. And um, yeah, take care. Thank you both so much for joining us on Life Matters today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks Thank so you. Much. Fiona Cornforth is a Woothathi woman, head of the National Centre for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Wellbeing Research at ANU. You heard about some of the fact sheets they've produced and we'll put links to those up on our website with some other resources as well. And Tanya Hervenen is a Jaro Banuba clinical psychologist and board director of the Australian Indigenous Psychologists Association. Just two of the groups that have been working very hard to get some support and resources out there for First Nations people during this time. You heard about 13 Yarn. They're there 24-7 on 1392.76 for First Nations people who are experiencing distress. If you see racism in action, you can call it out by reporting it to Call It Out, which is a First Nations racism register. You can find them online. Getting in touch with ABCRN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.